Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. This is episode 118. We have done so many episodes. I am one of your hosts, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am joined today by Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Hello. Uh, I was only four years old when we started this podcast, and now I'm 39. (laughs) It seems like yesterday, but it really wasn't. Uh, Today, we will be discussing a recent hit. And before we cut to the feeling, let's cut to my co-host, for a little more on why we are contemplating the works and days of Ms. Carly Rae Jepsen today, Mark. Well, I clearly, as you may have guessed by now, am bringing to the table Cut to the Feeling by Carly Rae Jepsen, a song that inexplicably to me did not chart in the United States, in England, almost anywhere, in fact. It really only charted in a significant way in Japan. I do not understand how that is possible. However, thankfully... The modern era is such that a song doesn't have to chart to still permeate the culture. And at least in my small circle, uh, Sarah, I don't know if you had heard this song before. Had you heard this song before? It f- I'm almost sure I hadn't. And yet the song felt like I had. I'll talk more about that later. Fair enough. But in my circle of friends, uh, especially among gay men on Twitter, this song is popular and... I didn't hear it, though. It was released in 2017. I somehow did not hear it until earlier this year, 2018. And it was released on the soundtrack to some animated movie about a ballerina. I don't even know. I don't (laughs) pretend to care. The point is, I finally did get my ears around this song. And when I heard it, I felt instantly like I had been waiting for it all my life. And yet, also instantly like I had known it forever. uh, As to quote Sarah a bit there and it has been the song that I have come back to the most in the last six to eight weeks in terms of I'm walking somewhere I want a quick hit this is the song I keep choosing so before we go any further let's listen to a clip God, we have talked before, Sarah, about songs like Mariah Carey's Emotions that just burst with joy. And this, to me, is another example of a song that is just an explosion of joy. It is the build from the staccato energy of the verses into the explosion of sounds around the chorus. It is her 
sort of half screamed high note on the line, I want to cut to the feeling. Uh-huh. And it is the fact that this is a song about finally admitting to someone that you are tired of fucking around. Let's just go be in love and have sex with each other. And all I want to do is just dance with you on a roof. I want to make love to you all the time. I'm just so excited to finally be acknowledging how much I like you. And I have felt that, as I imagine many of us in listener land have. And I just adore the song for getting exactly right the feeling that comes when you want to cut to the feeling. So that's my story, Sarah. Here is my story. Um, uh, lyrically, I I love this idea. This is such a fun idea that it's like, let's just get to the end credits where we're making out with tongue in the rain. Right. Like, let's just yes. like enough with the like pigtail pulling, um, you know, mistaken identity. Blah, blah. I'm dressing <laughs> as a boy at your high school. Like, let's just get to the part where we're in love. <laughs> I, I pretended to be on the school paper of another school. So, and I, they wouldn't let girls on the editorial staff. So I dressed up like a boy. I don't, yeah. yeah. Why did I, why was that the reference? I don't know <laughs> if you would like to apply to be my uh, therapist. Uh, but I, I saw that movie. Know. I saw just one of the guys, which is the movie we're talking about on HBO as a child, maybe 14 times. Oh yeah. So, so did we. I'm here for you. It was just one of those that they're like, we got the rights to this and we're airing it four times a day. Um, and it would trick you into thinking that movie had been popular when really it never was, my, but it was just always on HBO. But there is a subset of our generation that can repeat whole scenes. And my brother and I, to this day, still pronounce Cindy Lauper, Cindy Lauper, because that, um, that actor is Canadian, Clayton Rohrer. Oh, yes. Or do you remember there is a scene in the cafeteria when they're looking at the the main woman who is dressed as a boy and they're like, uh, dresses like Elvis Costello, looks like the Karate Kid. And you're like, <laughs> how, how will this age? Yes. Spoiler, not that badly because we are talking about it right now. All right. Let, yeah, me, let so... me come back to um, my ostensible point. Uh this, I mean, I was like, I wonder why Mark picked this song, clicked play, and there's like a Lucky Star homage yes. right in the, the opening. opening. And I was like, well, that answers that question. Yes. This song is, uh, okay, let's step 30 degrees to the left for a moment and imagine that we are about to make a gazpacho. <clears throat> you got your tomatoes, you got your onions, you got your garlic. Um, some of these ingredients, like by themselves, might be a little boring. Um, others, if you use too much of it, it really doesn't work. Um, like I like garlic, but eating an entire clove. Um, well, actually, I have done that. But uh, like a fistful of cilantro, not everyone's thing. Right. Um, and then you have little um, sub-spices, like uh, you have the influence of pink, which is maybe your cumin. And you have um, this, uh, I would say, pretty clear attempt to replicate the success of Let It Go without plagiarizing Let It Go. That's maybe your turmeric? Who knows? <laughs> you throw all this shit in the Cuisinart, and even though it's like... On their own, these ingredients are maybe either like boring or not a whole meal or something that you don't like. Altogether, it's gazpacho. I love gazpacho. Yes. Gazpacho is good for you. Uh, 
there are things about this that like I th- I think those top notes are like she's like I am just going to throw this note as hard as I can. Like we're yes. not pitching, we're throwing. Uh the verses are melodically very boring in my opinion. There are a lot of influences here that are you know, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there are worse people that you could sort of um not bite their shit but just like well let's do something pinky here let's do something kelly clarkson here like yeah you should because they both rock and there are worse things to do than copy them you throw all this in the blender you pour it into a bowl you put a little toasted pita on the side and it is a delicious meal that um brings you energy and this like um fun like emotions junky let's get to the good part feeling that all the ingredients together make is great i really like this song a lot despite um consistently getting carly ray jepson ariana grande and whoever that rebecca girl is who technically can't sing i get them all confused all the time and and you sometimes get demi lovato mixed up in there too right? yes i do hang in there demi we're all pulling for you um yeah, because I am uh, an old lady who doesn't know as much about pop music uh, of the current decade as Mark, namely anything. <laughs> um, but this was so much fun to listen to. It was so relatable. And she, like, I know I asked you this already, but I'm just going to confirm. She is also the Call Me Maybe lady. She right? is the singer of Call okay. Me Maybe, indeed. I I know that it's the fashion to be like to make fun of that or to just sort of dismiss it. But like, it's still like, it's still a song that everybody knows. Like, yes, there's kind of no such thing as making fun of it press when it comes to pop music, because if it's like becoming these memes where people are making fun of it, it's still a fucking meme and it's still getting downloaded. So, you know, well, and here's the thing. She can dry her tears with money. Good for her. She's in this really interesting place in the firmament right now because in terms of pop charts, as I was saying before, this is not a hospitable time to be a straightforward pop singer. Yet Carly Rae Jepsen keeps releasing these little gems. Call Me Maybe obviously was a huge hit. She had another song called Run Away With Me, which is kind of like the precursor to Cut to the Feeling where she's like, why don't we just get in the car and get out of here and that then see what was, happens? That was the song that I thought we were going to be talking about. And I was like, I had all these um, metaphors about like, it's like doing a, you know, it's like the Miley Cyrus version of doing your perm at home by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to turn out good, but we don't advise it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, continue. But, you know, I feel like the argument that you just made for cut to the feeling applies to all three of those songs where there's really no, there's nothing particularly groundbreaking about anything that she's doing. She is a serviceable singer. I think the only really groundbreaking thing about her is that she's in her mid thirties. Whereas a lot of people who record these songs or have hits with them are much younger than that. She is. Yeah. Let me just, let me just, (laughs) uh, let me just look that that. up. Cause when I said this the other day to uh, Andrew as well, he was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's crazy. <laughs> I thought she like just turned 21 like last oh, week. Oh no, I'm sorry. She Carly Rae Jepsen is 32. Still. Still. That's 10 yeah. years older than I thought she was. Dang. Which means Dang. that she was like 26 or 27 when she had when Call Me Maybe was a hit and you would think that would be like a 17-year-old's song. But you know what? Carly Rae don't care. And it's like 
she just is able to alchemize very familiar parts so that they feel like gold, mm-hmm. even though really it's just a bunch of lead pieces that we're very familiar with. And that she put gold think, spray paint on, but it's like gold spray paint is great. Sorry. Yeah, seriously, not mad about it. No. And I, I just, so I, I just am glad that she exists. I think we always need someone who can be making songs that just make you fucking happy. And uh, I think to go to reference something else that we've been talking about recently, uh, this was on a single that we recently recorded for our Patreon patrons. Uh, There is something to be said about simple pleasure. And Carly Rae Jepsen provides uncomplicated pleasure in a way that is, you don't feel gross about it. You don't feel like you have to sort of ignore the, the politically uncomfortable parts. It's just... Guess what? We're going to have fun. And I will throw another reference in there for you because I think another person who has who did that in the peak of her career was Debbie Gibson. Uh-huh. And I feel if this had been Debbie Gibson's follow-up single to Lost in Your Eyes, it would have become a massive hit in 1989, but I don't get to control how these things work. Yeah, I I do wonder about that. Like uh, Debbie Gibson obviously does not need our help. Um or Deborah Gibson also does not need our help. But uh, <laughs> I, I often thought about that at the time, that it was like, why doesn't she do peppier shit? Yes. Like, why like, is she Lawson... letting, why is she letting Tiffany take that end of the, yeah. end of the fucking block? Yeah. Like Lost in Your Eyes, amazing ballad. Why was the follow-up song Electric Youth, which is a cheesy ass song? Yeah. Why could it not have been this song? which was written almost 30 years later. Why doesn't it work that way? (laughs) (laughs) It does not work that way, I'm afraid. You know, um, you know what? In fact, before I make my next point, perhaps now is a good time to take a pause to reference Pink in a different way. Indeed. All right, listeners, you may have noticed that I just said we were going to be talking about pink, and that is because it is time for today's Pop Chart Astrology Reading. Yes, that is the moment when I will predict the destiny of someone's success based on the song that was number one the day that they were born. And today's Pop Chart Astrology Reading goes out to Eve, who was born on September 24th, 2008. And that means that Eve, just a few days ago, because we're releasing this shortly after her birthday, turned 10. Happy birthday, Eve. But in case you're wondering, this request for a pop chart reading comes from Eve's mother, Rachel. And Rachel, we are pleased to tell you, is getting this reading because she is a Patreon patron at the Indigo Girls level, which means that as part of her reward, she gets to request three special features on our podcast over the next few months, including a reading, if she so chooses, and she has so chosen. So if you would like to make sure that you get your reading up on Mastis, go ahead and join us at Patreon.com and check out that Indigo Girls level, just like Rachel did. But now let's get back to the point. Eve, hello. Hello, Rachel, as well. You were born recently. You recently turned 10. The song that was number one on the day that you were born was So What by Pink. Here's a clip.
here are some things, Eve, that you should know about this song. When it was released, it was part of Pink's great comeback. She had disappeared for a few years because an album of hers didn't do so well. And then she finally did come back. And this, she had two top 10 hits that were part of her comeback. And then this song, So What, was her big number one hit comeback. And it was the first number one single she'd ever had where she did not have anyone else singing with her because she had reached number one with a remake of Lady Marmalade. But this was Pink by herself. And it really indicated that Pink, by sticking to her guns and refusing to drop her rock star image had managed to make her way anyway even though there must have been pressure coming on her from all sides to change her sound but pink famously is an artist who started out in the r&b mold became a rocker and then refused to look back and took her lumps and stayed true to the course and eventually reached number one with this song and has gone on to have 10 basically uninterrupted years of major pop stardom so here's what i'm going to say eve There is probably going to be a time in your life uh, when you might feel pressured to do, say, or be something that doesn't feel quite authentic to who you are. And it might seem easier at the moment to just give in to the pressure of what's around you and say, you know what, I'm going to be what you tell me I'm supposed to be. But at the end of the day, like Pink, you probably know deep in your heart who you really are. And if you give yourself the freedom and the authority to just express yourself in the way that you want to express yourself and be yourself in the way that you want to be, you will inevitably find success in the and acceptance. And that is going to be so valuable and it's going to mean so much. And it's going to set an example for lots of other people. So Eve, with that in mind, I say keep being a rock star and I say happy birthday. Welcome to the double digits. And uh, Rachel, thank you again for being a fabulous patron. And now let's go back to the world of Carly Rae. Uh, If you don't mind, Mark, uh, I would like to add a few facts about the film in which this appeared. Oh, my God. Yes, please do. (laughs) Uh, Ballerina, released in 2016 and titled Leap! Exclamation point in the United States. See, 2016 3D computer animated musical adventure comedy. Oh, Uh, A co-production between Canadian and French companies, the film follows a poor orphan girl who dreams of becoming a ballerina and gets a chance to audition for the celebrated school of the Paris Opera Ballet. Ballerina stars the voices of Elle Fanning, Dane DeHaan, Maddie Ziegler, and Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh. The film was released in cinemas in France and the United Kingdom in late 2016, followed by releases in various countries over the following several months. The film was released in the U.S. 25 August 2017 with the voices of Nat Wolf, who replaced Dahan, Kate McKinnon, and Mel Brooks added. Obviously, Whoa. Mel Brooks replaced Carly Rae Jepsen because... <laughs> right. It's, it's, a, it's a one-to-one comparison. J.K., I'm pretty sure he replaced Elle Fanning. Um, so, yeah, I never heard of this. Um, some of the some of the characters are character names are very on the nose. Um, Elle Fanning plays Felicie, like happy. Sure. Um, of course, Carly Rae Jepsen plays Odette. Um, the cruel and imperious <laughs> ballet teacher is named Regine Lehot. So yes. Queen the High. Okay, got it. Pretty sure. Uh, and the Nutcracker is involved. The workshop of Gustave Eiffel is involved. Um, But this really, when you said 
you know, dismissively, and I don't disagree with that tone, that uh, this was like some minor soundtrack cut for an animated film about a ballet dancer. Like, of course it is. Like, you could not build a better track for that purpose in a lab, which is good because I think this was built in a lab, and I have no problem with it. Like, I just feel like, you know, they would come to their row of test tubes and be like, hmm... Needs more Miley. Tap, tap. Yes. But I'm okay do we, with it. Do, do, we, do we still have a uh, beaker full of Debbie? I know it's been in the back of the freezer for a while, but let's unthaw it and mix it in. I know. Let's just add some gelatine. Give it a little shake. There we go. Um, Clearly, this song, yeah. I hope this song is used in some sort of training montage that ends with her leaping successfully across the, the practice room. Oh, the film room. also features songs that are not included in the album. Such as Cut to the Feeling and Runaways by Jepsen and Suitcase by Sia? Sia? Oh, yeah. We did Sia. an episode sure, on her, know. and I don't remember how to pronounce her name. Uh, Sia, it's a Reaper. Oh, that was one that you liked, though. Yeah. No, I definitely liked it. I just I can't I can't deal with you, Death, right now. I gotta get I gotta go make out. <laughs> oh, it's funny how much of uh, much of the songs that we talk about come back to Death, making out making out in the face of death making out instead <laughs> of death making out yes. with death i think that was a phoebe bridgers uh, like um making out surrounded by ghosts and possibly with one and then there will be a slow dance like sure sure, <laughs> sure. renee magritte renee and georgia magritte will also oh, be there yes and their dog so sarah this might be mark about to talk out of his own butt but but, but here we go. <laughs> Earlier this week, I read an article in the Atlantic Monthly about the fact that boys are not allowed to want the things that girls want, even though girls are encouraged to want the things that boys want. Uh, meaning, for instance, when it, the Boy Scouts started to invite and allow girls into their ranks, everyone celebrated. But as the writer noted, she couldn't find anyone suggesting that on the flip side, Maybe there were some boys out there who might like to be part of the Girl Scouts and how boys are trained from such an early age that they're not meant to appreciate beautiful things, uh, gentle things, uh, emotionally kind things. And none of this is exactly breaking news if you've lived in the world. Well, but and I, I will really... also add, as a third generation Girl Scout, um, the the activities are like generations evolved from shit that I did to get badges back in the mm. early 80s, which included wildlife identification, flower arranging, three right. different sewing badges. And, like, these things weren't bad things to learn. Like, we didn't have home ec at my school. We should have. Um, but now, like, you look at the side of a Girl Scout cookie box, and it's like river rafting levels one and two. Yeah. Yes. tourniquets like whoa <laughs> like my um my first cousins once removed who are like college age now the shit that they did growing up in boulder and being girl scouts was like a completely different america from what i was doing in suburban new jersey yes so i feel like boy scouts traditionally is thought of as this like adventure time like hiking and helping old ladies across the street and 
um, Girl Scouts was like wifely pursuits, but the fact is the Venn diagram is much closer to an eclipse at this point. Anyway, I apologize for yes. interrupting, but um, that, yeah, that is not news and it's annoying. And also women aren't really supposed to want anything because that's found off-putting by men, allegedly. But also, but then simultaneously, men, because misogyny is so pervasive and insidious, men are also not supposed to want womanly things. Yeah. They're not, women are supposed to, women are meant to be granted by benevolent men uh, seats at the male table. But if men want seats at the female table, especially if they're heterosexual men, then that's considered weak. And obviously that applies to so many things. And one of the best things about being a self-confident gay man is that I get to distance myself from all of that bullshit and I just get to like what I like. And it's one of the great rewards of being gay is I do not have to play by those stupid dehumanizing soul killing straight male rules anyway i also want to well and i think you and i both have uh, a number of gay friends who there's an inversion of that which is that there are certain feminine pursuits that i think gay men may feel pressured to know about and enjoy and if they're like i don't like i've been wearing this same pair of shapeless pleated jeans since 1991 and i don't care about musical theater and then that that they're like they feel alienated yes and simultaneously i have plenty of straight male friends some of whom listen to this very podcast who i think have successfully unshackled themselves from the emotionally draining requirements of being a straight man they have actually been able to embrace with a whole heart the softer gentler sides of their souls which we all have but all of this is just a huge all of this is just a huge preamble (laughs) to say this has been mostly preamble this episode (laughs) do you think that a straight man could release a song like cut to the feeling or is it only ever going to be a woman or a gay man who is allowed to make this kind of joyously free pop song I think it's possible, but I think I think it would probably be. And ple- you know, please note that my um, choices of verb are um, mindful. It it would be confined to um, the sort of like cheesy Vegas residency adult contempo, um, like cougar panty dropper sort of artist like a michael bolton or right. a not barry manilow so much um but yeah i guess or like a, a um one of david foster's artists like i'm having trouble yeah. articulating this but like the kind of almost um harlequin novel cover singer who is only for women if that makes any sense like that's not considered and look i love you know me some eddie van halen and steve vi and um queens of the stone age as much as anyone else which might not be a lot that's fine but this there is an idea i think in music marketing that it's not so much who could release this, it's who it would be, quote, 
four. Four. Who would be allowed without shame or shaming to listen to it. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I think that that's like every other idea that we've just been talking about in the preamble. I think that's unnecessarily confining for everyone. Like as we record this, uh, we've all had a week with the hashtag why I didn't report. I feel ragey all the time. And there's sometimes I feel like there's maybe seven straight men that I don't want to just walk up to and without preamble, just kick them as hard as I can in the shins. But with that said, I think it's just as hard out there for them as it is for either of us. And I'm, well, and it reminds me when we talked about almost two years ago now, the Dar Williams song, When I Was a Boy. Yeah. And at the end of the song, she points out that the boys used to get to be girls too. And now they don't get to do that anymore either. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think it's like a difficult world and one of the... I mean, it's a difficult world for like huge reasons in the last couple of years, but also there's a f- the f- like feeling that there's like all these teeny little things that are wrong um, that just wear you down. And I think sort of expanding what we expect from pop and pop singers would relieve a very tiny burden like like let's just take one straw off the camel's back yes and not be too entrenched in who is supposed to sing what to whom and and who is supposed to enjoy it i think you make such a great point because it's making me remember that one of the things one of the memes that existed around call me maybe was all of these groups of college-aged men dancing to the song there was a a group of harvard baseball players who did a little choreographed routine in their van and this was also a similar period when a lot of frats were doing lip sync videos to taylor swift's shake it off which is another great pop song and And like well sorry so what i will say is this so the to me the 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 cultural understanding of that was always these guys like this song but we all have to kind of agree that it's a little funny like the and, and we because all, it's so it, girly exactly yeah and i feel like they had to sort of put a quotation mark around it to allow themselves to like it as much as they do and all i would like to say to the world at large let's remove another straw off the camel's back and say if you like a song if it brings you joy or if it makes you feel emotion all i want for all of us is to just be able to like it and to not feel like it in any way threatens our stance as a, hu- a fully realized human being in our society. And just be able to feel what you feel and like what you like. And if you want to dance to uh, a song in a van, great. And I'm glad that those guys made that video because I'm not sure that... I just I just want us to all be able to continue to always do that and to not feel like we have to apologize for it. So world, what I want for us all is to listen to the Carly Ray that we want to listen to, whatever that might mean for any of us. Look, we're all mysteries wrapped inside enigmas nestled in the heart of the billboard charts. And the fact is, like, I I think you can get, especially as you get older, into this idea of your own, quote, brand yes. about what you like and what you don't like. And um, I became emotional while describing the results of the latest season of MasterChef. To my husband, please note that um, he 
like legitimately hates the show and I am extremely frustrated by it, but also find it compelling and we'll just like fast forward through certain parts and you can get every episode down to like 22 minutes, basically. It's very produced and very frustrating, but there is like, especially if you've gone on this whole journey with these people and like Jerome elevated Southern cuisine, stuck to his guns and won the whole season and was like... Uh, almost fainted and this is like a fairly large human being who almost like dragged down the entire set <laughs> hugging everyone right and it's like is this quote on brand for me like i like prestige um dramas from hbo of the aughts and i like um grandpa things like reading um multi-volume history books and true crime and i also like um maiden auntie things like knitting and cats this is not on brand for me but it was like but he was so happy and the show did such a successful job of manipulating me. And I would just like to enjoy that this high school teacher who, beloved by his students now has a quarter of a million fucking dollars. Cause he went on a cooking show and killed it. Like this is not, yeah. this cannot be a negative. Don't take this from me. And that gets at something about what pop culture is for in a way it, it's not at its best. At least it, it allows us to express these parts of ourselves that maybe we don't think we're allowed to express. And like a good piece of pop culture can wake something up, can wake something up in us or, or reconnect us to something that we feel joyous about. And like you said, what the hell is wrong with that? Cut to the feeling, everybody. And that feeling is your humanity. Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, Visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.